Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Season 2 of Cohort W. I'm your host, USAWAC faculty member and former Warrant Officer Historical Foundation Fellow, Chief Warrant Officer 5, Leonard Mominy. This will be my final episode of Cohort W. In today's episode, the Director of Strategy for the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation will interview both myself and the 2021 Fellow in order to capture some of our thoughts, insights, and takeaways from the last two seasons of the Cohort W podcast. As always, the conversation is directed at leader development, talent management, and what all warrant officers are doing to support the Army for both large-scale combat operations and the future fight. By the end of the episode, we will also share the name of the 2023 fellow. As I mentioned earlier today, I am joined by the Director of Strategy for the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation. He is a school-trained strategist, doctor, educator, and mentor, and forever artilleryman. Chief Warrant Officer 5 retired, Dr. John Robinson. Gentlemen, let's talk about what we've learned about our cohort W over the past two years. Russ, you focused on how the Army's junior warrant officers are helping their formations get after two of the Army's top priorities, the transition to large-scale combat operations, warfighting, and supporting multi-domain operations. Scott. You focused on how senior warrant officer leaders are enabling these initiatives through leader development and talent management at the institutional level. Russ, what were your biggest takeaways from your discussions? Thank you. Uh, Excellent question. And it's good to be here with both of you. I'm very grateful for this opportunity. When I think back literally a year ago and what feels like a lifetime ago almost to those interviews with those mid-grade warrant officers who were looking at LISCO and MDO. My, my first and typical inclination is always to go to the social. Uh, and I'll, I'll spend a minute talking about that. The first takeaway is that there is a very sophisticated uh, group of people within the mid-grade structure, some of who are now um, those field grade and senior field grade warrant officers who walk the walk and talk the talk of their doctrine, are those technical masters of their universes and can put it all together into the bigger picture in a forward-thinking posture about, let's go and now, especially with the publication of the new FM30 about MDO. And they get it, and they're taking that content and bringing it back to the practical realm. So for that level of capability in those mid-grades and those you know, new field-grade officers, uh, warrant officers, uh, uh, you know, the takeaway is uh, I- I'm truly impressed. Uh, by what we have developing in the cohort, uh, but but secondly, on, on the, um, the the more technical side of the house for that discussion, I, I see that there is good training uh, and there is good mentoring within the cohort uh, somewhere along the line in each of these branches. 
there is uh, there are bubbles, there are pockets, um, there are situations where our young leaders are allowed to really grow and think and develop. And I, I think that's just incredible to think about. So uh, excellent question, John. Good to be here with you. And um, and, and we'll toss over to uh, I'll, I'll toss back to you, John. Thank you, Russ. It's nice to hear you see good mentoring. Scott, same question. What were your biggest takeaways from your conversations with warrant officer senior leaders? John, thank you uh, for the follow-up. And and yeah, I, I saw some unique things much in the way that Russ did. But one, I think, uh, that always struck me with, with each interview was uh, the Chief Warrant Officer 5 of, of today is certainly not the uh, senior warrant officer that... Um, many hear about uh through sidebar conversations or or uh the incredible disappearing sort of jokes these are refined senior leaders that are one speaking uh from a perspective of care and when i say speaking from a perspective of care they are dedicated to ensuring that the senior leaders that they serve and the junior warrant officers that they serve have exactly what they need to be successful. And they are cultivating opportunities that are are doctrinally aligned. These are doctrinally savvy senior warrant officers that are definitely sure of what their leaders are seeking to pursue. And for instance, a, a big takeaway, regardless of the uh, branch representative that I spoke with or, or COE representative in certain cases, one big thing is force generation. These warrant officers are really focused on, on recruitment and finding good young NCOs that are capable to step up and join the ranks uh, of the cohort. And uh, in addition to that, they, they're really focused on trying to cultivate relevant educational experiences for their force. And they're, they're working that through sometimes it's just one schoolhouse. Other times you, you see seniors that are cultivating those educational experiences from a position of a COE across multiple schoolhouses. So these are very intuitive and thoughtful senior warrant officer leaders, and they are are truly working to answer the mail for uh, large-scale combat operations. I was struck by just the uh, demonstrated servant leadership that was on display. Thank you very much for that follow-up question, John. Thank you, Scott. You highlight the importance of force management, a critical skill. Scott, are you seeing the institutional support at the branch level that supports these Army priorities? Is the career college doing all it can to help prepare warrant officers at more senior levels? Uh, that is a, an excellent follow-up question, John. And I would say, yes, the schools are moving as quickly as possible. All of these senior warrants that I was able to talk to tend to have their hand alongside efforts that are shaping doctrine. And of course, as doctrine is shaped, uh, that informs uh, education efforts. And what they're intent on 
is making sure that the army and the schoolhouse or the systems, which they're deeply involved in managing, is adhering to big army doctrine. And so uh, a one excellent example, especially a warrant officer centric example, comes from my own branch, Army Aviation. And uh, what they've done is they've really allowed what used to be known traditionally as the warrant officer advanced course to be tailored tailored to the specific needs of uh, not just the company-grade aviation officer, but also to what that company-grade aviation officer is capable of providing uh, the senior ground force commander out there in the field. And while there are some gaps, and of course, uh, you know, guests would uh, talk to some of the areas that they're still trying to refine to ensure that all warrant officer MOSs within either their branch or purview are represented and educated equitably. They're working toward applicable, relevant education. The The follow-up to that uh, that you had asked is, uh, what what's the career college doing to help prepare warrant officers at more senior levels? Th- this is kind of interesting because Big Army is really focused on uh, PME modernization, especially for the Army warrant officer. And Currently, the college is in work to uh, revise the entire Common Core education experience. And I think that this goes probably a lot further than um, standard just aligning presentation material to uh, current doctrine. Uh, There's a great deal of focus on the candidate experience right now, and that is uh, sort of a you fix the foundation and you're able to tailor the experiences accordingly from there. You know, we're we're working very diligently to ensure that what candidates receive as education is up to par with the needs of uh, and expectations of their uh, uh in-field commanders. Uh, I thought it very striking when the Kim RCO, a very, very mature CW3, commented to the fact that once he had left walk school and his WOBC, he, he didn't necessarily feel like he was equipped to operate with full confidence on a staff. And so we've gone, dug in, and tried to make sure that we're providing a common core education that equips that individual at the right time. And, th- and that means we're bringing some experiences that would have been typically seen at ILE down to the candidate level. And now that means that, of course, we're going to have to up our game for ILE and, and SSE. So we're sort of starting at the, the, the base of the pyramid, but we're still tending to some of the uh, very specific needs of the senior warrant officer. So I know that was a bit long-winded. We get very passionate about what we do at the college, uh, but I hope that that helps. Russ, you were recently a department head at the Career College. Anything to add? Well, I, I think that Scott has really touched on the things that I wanted to touch on, at least as far as the importance of bringing down content from ILE to to candidate school. But what I'd like to share from my perspective as somebody who's still greatly uh, involved in the the PME work of both my warrants and uh, involved in the discussions as part of uh, the CASCOM uh, system is that earlier today we were having a discussion about the importance of including uh, MDO in all PME and, you know, 
again, how that integrates at the practical level into uh, the PME uh, as as a function of the, the publication of FM 3.0 and how schools figure that out. And with all the MOSs that we have in CASCOM, that, that's a heavy lift. So it's great that we are uh, looking at that uh, aggressively across uh, CASCOM and how we can support um, those other war fighting functions uh, to keep up that good fight. That That's a really good thing. And I think one of the other wonderful things uh, that, you know, I heard in the subtext was that, you know, LISCO is now a five-year-old doctrinal topic. And it's it's not something new. It's not something novel anymore. People are getting it. People understand it across the field, uh, across the army. It's seeped in and it's there. And I think just from my own branch, one of the most wonderful things I had was a discussion last week with my warrants and talking about the updates that are being made across PME. And one of them, very astute young man, uh, W3, asked me, well, you know, how are these educational opportunities going to translate to talent management and assignments? And he really had a good question for me. And I'm grateful that I've got those young thinkers in my branch, too. So very good question. But I can't answer anything specifically for the college, John. But thank you for that question. Good point, Russ. As you were listening to Warrant Officer Senior Leaders in this year's podcasts, what were you hoping to hear that would facilitate what you think junior warrant officers need to be successful in getting after the Army's priorities of LSCO and DOE? Well, I, I'm not sure I was hoping to hear anything other than people's visions for the cohort that they had a vision. And so I'm looking for the embodiment of the nerd of uh, people becoming more uh, academically and intellectually research-oriented. And and maybe I'm just seeing things through my own eyes. Uh, But to get to where I think we need to go as a cohort in one angle, how do we... uh, I I was looking for the incentivization to a degree of math and statistics uh, and, and becoming a more analytical army at the fundamental level. I think those are the gateways that allow us to get to the army's goals for being more analytical. And then personally, for me, I'm always looking for the other keyword, the qualitative, and, and how we teach people to interpret those numbers or interpret the text behind those numbers as part of that um, that work. Maybe that's what I was looking for, but I, I'm not really sure I have a great answer to that. I, I think that Leonard's uh, answer will be much more interesting as the interviewer. So I'll, I'll toss back to you. Scott. Anything to add? Yeah, I, and I uh, I appreciate the opportunity. What I was hoping to hear, I, I heard, and that was that uh, these senior warrant officers are invested and that they are essentially where the rubber meets the road. And, and that position of the command chief warrant officer, the senior warrant officer advisor, regardless of where they might be in the hierarchy, it's a position of sound counsel. And it kind of harkens to our competency that we're supposed to be able to cultivate over a period of development throughout one's career. And that's to be a good advisor, because in many instances, the warrant officer and their experience is supposed to translate into reasonable and sound advice to those uh, decision makers that they 
ultimately serve. So I think with respect to that, certainly all those senior warrants are, are knocking it out of the park. Kind of to um, comment toward what uh, Russ had brought up regarding becoming more analytical. I think that many are moving that way. How I wish I could release the unedited episodes and uh, show some of the more behind the scenes conversation. Big data is driving a lot of decision making. And I, I think it's incumbent upon all of us to realize that there, there are certain skill sets we're going to have to cultivate across our cohort, because honestly, we are involved. And I think those warrant officers demonstrated that when they talk about their programs of record, such as uh, Hickman and Ipsay, when they talk about uh, pursuit for greater technical training, whatever it may be, I, I think that we have to become skilled. And to do that, we have to develop, mentor, train, and educate our future warrants for when they become those senior warrants and advisors, they are skilled in looking at data and making the right decisions and advising those senior leaders um, appropriately. So I thought I heard everything I wanted to hear, but more importantly, our listeners have certainly commented to us that what they've heard has been exceptionally valuable. So I think that's what we can't put a price tag on. Being a good advisor, some of that you just can't teach. Gentlemen, good discussion. Why don't we close with each of you sharing how your year of fellowship has broadened your thinking as warrant officer senior leaders in your own right? Ross? Well, thank you. And first, I, I need to begin by saying, again, thank you to you uh, specifically and directly, John, and the Warren Officer Historical Foundation Board of Directors uh, for my fellowship, for Leonard's fellowship, and for continuing the fellowship into a third year. The the fellowship has really broadened my my social sphere of Warren Officers. And by that, I, I mean by really thinking significantly more about especially the retired aspect of our cohort. It's led me to, especially as I tried to think about the the purpose and the work I was doing in that inaugural year, about how I reach and market and involve those retirees in addition to uh, those actively serving, in addition to those future warrant officers. And I think probably to a degree... That is an unoriginal thought that has been uh, mulled over numerous times uh, in Warrant Officer Association and Warrant Officer Historical Foundation discussions. So for reinventing the wheel, I apologize. But for you, John, helping me find a new means and ways to answer that, uh, I think that's really great work that that we have been doing to think about how we connect the field. And, and that's really where I go with how um, uh, the, the fellowship has, has, has sort of broadened my thinking as a senior leader, much more how I connect with everyone, how I relate to everyone. And, you know, I, I am super wonky nerd. And, and this has given me a way to break down a lot of my uh, personal chosen or non-chosen barriers and, and reach out and meet a lot of people. And so I, I'm so glad for that opportunity. 
And in doing so, uh, I have learned so much about so many branches and so many uh, opportunities that there are out there for warrant officers to grow and develop. And hopefully have brought a lot of people, maybe, you know, 0.1% more informed and better educated about the cohort uh, in that process. I was never going to have a, a typical postdoc fellowship, and I'm so glad uh, I didn't. So uh, this has been a great opportunity. And all I can say uh, in, in closing, again, is thank you. Uh, I'm glad the program is growing. I'm glad, glad you had a lot of applicants this year, and I hope uh, to continue serving however I can uh, the next fellow. Thank you, John. For what it's worth. I saw you really blossom as a big army thinker over the course of your fellowship, Scott. Thank you, John. I, I still remember uh, about one year ago today, reaching out to Russ, asking him what to talk about, what to consider, what he thought if the podcast continued. And I was very nervous about pitching that idea to you, but... I'm so glad that it was able to continue because uh, uh, definitely Russ laid a, a groundwork there and I saw um, momentum and the idea then of this year spent seeking out uh, senior warrant officers and uh, uh, talking to them. It, it sort of reminded me of being a young W3 and seeking you out regarding your your perspective and your wisdom, which is pretty non-traditional mentorship path for an aviator. Normally, the only time an artilleryman and an uh, aviator get together is uh, when uh, some fires are desperately needed on an objective. But I sought you out, and it was one of the greatest decisions I ever made. And uh, you never disappointed as a, uh, a mentor. So I look at the fact that uh, this year, it allowed me one to spend some additional time with uh, a good friend and, and uh, past mentor, but it also allowed me to extend that sort of similar interaction with uh, different CW5s to all the listeners. And as students would come up to me, literally walk students or uh, or even uh, being approached by certain senior students, they were so grateful for the words and sort of the in situ mentorship that was provided through the podcast. So I guess I was just uh, overall blown away by how many people still seek out the mentorship of those senior warrants and and the senior warrants have so much to offer. It was just, a, it was a lot of fun. You really built out your senior warrant officer network along the way which was a key goal for me this past year. Well, Scott, it's still your show. Thanks for bringing Russ and me on. You get the last word. John, thank you for both your leadership and friendship. Also, thank you for your support and creation of the Warren Officer Historical Foundation Fellowship. Russ, thank you. You were our initial fellow, and I am still in awe at this phenomenon you created through Cohort W. To our fantastic listeners, thank you. It has been a wonderful year. I have loved being just a small part of the Cohort W experience. Finally, to our guests from both seasons, thank you. So many have reached out to each of us to express their gratitude for your stories. Your experience and mentorship from the field is having an impact on our listeners. So please, never stop sharing your story. Finally, Congratulations to our 2023 Warren Officer Historical Foundation Fellow, 
CW3 Suzanne Albert. We all look forward to learning more about you and eagerly await your perspective and approach to telling the story of the Army Warrant Officer. For updates on Cohort W and the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Simply search for at WOHF1918 or the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation. Finally, to learn more about how you can support programs like this, please visit warrantofficerhistory.org. Cohort W.